morning, church. The reading this morning is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 15, verses 1 to 13. And this passage may be found in its entirety on page 1141, 1141. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. Again it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. And may the Lord bless richly this reading of his word. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Him. Mark is going to come uh, and preach to us now. Let, as he comes, let's pray for him. He's just rushed over from Santa's fire. Had a chance just to catch his breath for a moment. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for Mark. Thank you for the work that he does among us. And Lord, we pray for him this morning as he comes to speak to us that you would bless the words that he brings. Lord, that you would speak into our hearts the words that, that you have for us to hear this morning. 
In your name. Amen. Thank you, Sue. Yes, just, I was leaving it tight, just coming in just as the reading was taking place. So I haven't even had a chance to start thinking in a different language. I've just been preaching this in Welsh, so if I'm still thinking a bit slow, that's, that's why my brain is still thinking in Welsh. Um, we're coming to the end of uh, church year as we come into the season of the kingdom season and before we, we face Advent, the beginning of our new year. And we're coming to the end of our series, um, our whole year's teaching on mission. Last week we were thinking about social injustice um, and we had the head of Tear Fund Wales, Canan Lloyd, with us uh, and that worked out really well. Today uh, the subject is vocation and as I looked at the subject uh, for this week I thought, wow, the rotors have worked out well again uh, because I am, you may not know, I'm the diocesan vocations coordinator. So vocations is a thing that is uh, really near to my, my heart and sometimes things just work out well when, when they work out like this. So it's lovely to be talking about vocation and that's our sub subject for this morning, vocation. What is that? It's God's calling on our lives. God has a plan for us, for each one of us. And we think about what he's calling us to do and how that works out in our lives, how we're to serve our Lord, how we can bring glory to his name and walk in the way that he calls us. So we're thinking today about what is God calling you to today? To go, to stay, what is God calling us to be? And I want to just think through three things with you this morning. What is God calling us to? What is God calling me to? And lastly, what if I'm in the right place already? So we're going to look at those, those together. So what is God calling us to? Because before we get into specifics, what exactly you're meant to be doing with your life, there's a lot of stuff that God calls us all to, that God is calling us to do as a church community here in St. Michael's. This week, uh, I had the delight of walking with my, uh, with my dog Caddy up in the woods near our house and delighted to see there was still some blackberries ripe and ready to eat. And we were both pleased to see them because Caddy, my dog, likes blackberries too. Uh, she's learned this, this year how to sniff them out in the bushes. And it was lovely to walk through the woods and eat blackberries as we went along. And what I want to do with you this morning is to walk through this passage in Romans. So hopefully it's open in front of you. And we'll pick the fruit as we go through. It's a fast walk. I walk fast. And we're going to go through this bit together. Because we're going to start with some general teaching for us all. Before we think about what does God want me to do, let's think about what does God want us all to do. What is God calling us all to be? And much of that we can answer from this passage in Romans. Because it doesn't matter who we are and what we're going on to do, there are some prerequisites that are here to do. Some things we all need to do and to get right before we think about ourselves individually. About a month ago, I bought one of those fitness watches. You know the sort that track your heartbeat and tell you what your blood pressure is and your oxygen levels and things like that. They're all very addictive, so don't get one. Otherwise, you spend all your time assessing. I thought I'd better check, see if I was doing okay. I got it out of the box, and it said, before use, please charge fully with the cable provided. And before I could use it, it had to be charged up. Um, they don't work straight out of the box. You've got to do that. And I'm thinking, as I looked at this passage, I thought the same thing. What does God want to do with my life? Before the specifics, we need to be fully charged up 
with all of the general instructions in this little bit here. So let's, let's walk through this passage nice and fast. Romans 15 in front of you. We're going to pick the fruit as we walk through this. These are things for all of us to learn as a church. Whoever you are, whatever your background, these are general and for us all. Ten things, here we are, from A to J in the alphabet, all out of this passage for us as a church here in our discipleship of Jesus. This is what we're called to do. So we start. A, acceptance, verse 7. Straight here, accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. God doesn't turn anyone away. He accepts us all. And we've got to demonstrate that same attitude as a church family here. We're a family. We don't get to pick who's part of us or not. We welcome everybody. We're all part of it. Accept one another. That's something we're all called to do. B is for Bible, the scriptures. Verse 4, have a look. That's the basis of our church here. We follow the Bible as God's word. We apply it to our lives. That's the basis of all we do when we're looking at things for us all. We're all called to study the Bible and to follow its teaching. C, consideration for others. Each of us should please our neighbours for their good, building them up. We think about others rather than ourselves. How good are we at that as a church? Do we make others welcome? Are we thinking about other people as we meet together on a Sunday. A, B, C, D. D is for direction. We have the same direction. Following what is taught in the Bible, then we end up going the same way. We work together, going the same direction. Verse 6 here talks of us having one mind and one voice. That's hard, isn't it? We need to work at unity as a church, discerning what God's will is for us as a community and having one mind, one voice, going that same direction. You get two for E, endurance and encouragement, uh, verses four and five here. We stick together. Uh, verse five shows us God gives us endurance when it gets tough and he gives us encouragement in the dark times. We get encouragement from the Bible, from the word of God, verse four. And it reminds us, challenges us, are we reading that daily? Something we're called to do. F is for forgiveness. We bear with one another as a family here. None of us is perfect, but we forgive and we aim to restore broken relationships as God forgives us. Right at the beginning of our passage, verse 1, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. We bear with one another. When someone messes up, we forgive them. We accept them. We don't turn them away. We're people of forgiveness. These are things we're all called to do. We're all called to glorify God. Verse 6, amongst others, he reminds us we're called to glorify God with our lives. With one mind and one voice, glorify God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Something we're called to do. H is for hope. Our God is a God of hope. And Paul prays here this lovely prayer, doesn't he? That the Christians may know hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So you may overflow with hope by the power of of the Holy Spirit. Something else we're called to do. We're called to be people of hope. We put our trust in God and we hope in him. It's all stuff that God is, should, or should be working through us. We rejoice in all that God is doing and continues to do in us. There's a lovely bit in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6 when Paul writes about the Christians there being sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Because they have this hope in Christ, despite their circumstances, despite what's going on, 
the people of hope. We're called to be people of hope. I remember when I was training to be a vicar, uh, one of the modules was we could choose a book of our choice and study it and write a little essay on it and pass, hopefully pass that module. And I decided to choose the book of Pollyanna, one of my favourite books from a child, which meant I got to watch the film and to read the book again as part of my studies. And I remember sitting there thinking, this is really good. I'm, I'm trained to be a vicar and get to get to read Pollyanna again. If you read the book, it's great. It's all about being glad and rejoicing. And Pollyanna talks about all of the rejoicing texts that are in the Bible, how often God tells us to rejoice, to have that hope in him and to rejoice. We are people of hope. Nearly there, I and J to go. I for inclusivity. The whole chunk of this passage, verses 8 to 13, there's a whole chunk here, uh, which is talking about how Jesus wasn't just the saviour of the Jews, but of the whole world. There's a whole lot of um, Old Testament bits that are quotations that are thrown in here. Um, and it's just basically saying the gospel, which is that Jesus came to save the whole world, not just for one specific group of people. But forgiveness through the cross is available for everyone. This is available for everyone. We need to be a church who welcomes everyone, accepting one another, as we learned at the beginning. And then lastly, joy and peace. We're called to be people who are filled with joy and peace, despite the circumstances, because of that trust that we have in God. So what's God calling us to do this morning? All of these things and more. There's probably a lot more than that. It's just 10 I went through very quickly as we went through that passage. All of these, these are our aim. What about this afternoon? Rereading this passage and seeing how well are we doing personally and as a church in all of these 10 areas. Lots of things we know. These are the prerequisites, the basics for us as Christians here. That's all very well, Mark, but you're here to talk about vocation, you might say. And I want to know what God wants me to do with my life. We've seen the basics there. You've got to get those bits right. What is God calling me to do with my life? Should I stay here in Wales? Uh, should I get married? Should I go off to India? Should I become a bus driver? Should I launch a business breeding guinea pigs? What is it that God wants me to do with my life? How do we know? What is God calling me to do? We know what God is calling us to do. We've seen some of those things. But what is God calling me to do? How do I discern what it is that God wants me to do with my life? I mentioned I'm the one of the vocations officers for the diocese, and I oversee all the other vocations team. And I get to meet with lots of different people across Wales, hearing stories about how God has called people to do various things, preparing them for roles within his church and one thing I've discovered there are as many stories of how God calls people as there are people out there everyone who's come to me over the years I've been doing this which is many years now I've heard different stories because God uses all sorts of different ways to lead and to guide us and we need to be open to his call on our life guiding us and directing us Sometimes he uses the Bible. He makes a particular verse jump out or stain our mind and our heart. We can't get rid of it. It's there. God is using it to lead us in some direction. And we need to be reading the Bible as we discern God's will for us. Sometimes it needs more than just the Bible. If God is calling you to go to Scotland, 
he will need, God will need to use more than the Bible because if you look, Scotland isn't mentioned in the Bible, so you can't pick out a verse and send you to Scotland with a verse in the Bible. God will need to use more. God can use his Holy Spirit to speak to us directly, to guide us. He can speak through our friends, fellow Christians. Often when we talk with missionaries and we hear about how God's called them to go and work with a people group somewhere or part of the world, um, we learn how God called them. At first they began to identify with a culture or a society or a part of the world and begin to pray for those people to learn more. In the end, God sort of, they discern that God is calling them to go and work amongst those peoples. God can use all sorts of different things. We need to be open and willing to respond to God's call on our lives. Sometimes God works with our circumstances. He places an open door right in front of us and we know that is the way to go. Sometimes, just as true, he places a closed door in front of us and we know not the way to go. And God, this is the lovely thing, God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he often uses our natural talents, the things that he's given us, our, our gifts that we've received from God, our personality and our characters in terms of discerning uh, his will for us and how we understand that. Some of you know that I'm not a summer person. I hate hot weather. Uh, it gets me bad-tempered and cross, and I don't like it when it gets too hot. And I became a Christian as a small child, and we used to have lots of missionaries visit our church and talk about all of their work that they did. And I remember praying as a child, God, I'm happy to be a missionary. I will serve you wherever you like in the world, as long as it's not a hot place. You know, I'm happy to go to be a missionary in Iceland, that would suit me. Scandinavia, yep, I could cope with that in the fjords. Send me there, Lord, but nowhere hot, please. I remember praying that. But God knows me. I'm in Aberystwyth, isn't it? It doesn't get too hot here, does it? Sometimes God does choose to send us outside our comfort zone to challenge us, to make us do things that we have to rely on him more. But often he wants, he knows us. He wants us to thrive and flourish and puts us in places that are good for us. Sometimes he even understands our own desires and works with that and gives us permission to go where we want to go or to do the things that appeal to us. I've got two examples from my life where the same thing really uh, the true when I met Joanne at university I came here to Aberystwyth I met Joanne and I wanted to marry her she was the most she is the most beautiful woman in Aberystwyth get that one right yes um, and I thought I want to marry her but I want God's will for my life and I remember praying God you know I really want to marry Joanne but is she the one for me? Because I want to be in your will. I want to make sure that I get this right. I don't want to make a mistake. I've got to get this right. What is your will for me? And I remember very clearly hearing God speak to me. And I said, can I marry you? And, she, and he said very clearly, you can if you want to. And I thought, what a weird answer. I was expecting a yes, she's the one for you or something else like that or, or no. And then I'd go away and cry or whatever. But you can if you want to. And I thought, wow. And that was a real big lesson for me to learn that actually... Sometimes God knows what is on our hearts and, and says yes. And it was really odd because I, when it, I'll tell you more about it in a minute, but when I was praying about 
should I be ordained in the church? Should I go and be a vicar? What is your will for me? And I remember the same thing coming to me. You can if you want to. I thought, wow, this is really odd. Sometimes God just works with our own desires, what is in us. What is God calling us to do? The basics, the ten things here that we've just been through in the passage, all the things that God is calling us to do as a group. Um, We need to pray. We need to be open to God leading and guiding us, looking for those open doors, looking for where he is. And not to wait around, but to get on and to learn some lessons and to work for him wherever we are right now in our lives. What does God want us to do? We've talked about some of those things. What does God want me to do and how do I discern that? We've talked a little bit about that and thought through those things. Lastly, what if I'm in the right place already? And this was what really struck me as I was reading through this passage. What if I am where God wants me right now? What if I'm not called to go and be a church planter in South America, but actually called to be a member of a church here in Keredigion? Because actually for many of us, we are where God wants us right now. God wants to use us where we are to glorify his name right where we are. He can use us today, tomorrow, this week to serve him in our current life situation. Because God, yes, we say he has a plan for your life. But sometimes we use the idea of vocation, this big calling, this sort of plan for your life, as something in the future that almost makes us put off doing something now with our lives. But God wanted you to be here in St. Michael's this morning. He has a plan for you today. We don't have to wait for some big call to go off somewhere to do something. God wants us here now. And that's quite scary. If you think, gosh, I'm where God wants me now. That's challenging. Even if God is, you know you've got a call in life, God is calling you to go away somewhere else later. This now, today, this week, this present time, is still a time to learn and to grow. This can be really challenging, this idea of God calling us now. When we realize we are where God wants us to be because suddenly, this is it. There's no excuses. As I reflected on this this week, this topic of vocation, God's calling on our lives. I've been able to have the privilege of sitting down and looking back over my life and seeing how God has been at work in my life. How God has managed to achieve his plans in me despite me getting it wrong lots of times, despite me making it difficult for God sometimes. God had a plan for me to be a vicar here in Aberystwyth, but he had to work hard to get me here today. I mean, how did a Brummie who set out to be a librarian end up as a Welsh-speaking area dean in Aberystwyth? What has happened? Well, God doesn't give up on us. He leads us and guides us step by step. And sometimes it's only by looking back we can see that. And I know that's, that I am where I am meant to be. When I look back, I can see all the work that God had to do in order to get me here today, to be able to stand in front of you here in church today. Um, 
I didn't do as well in my A-levels as I thought when I was doing my exams. And I'd applied to Aberystwyth University but didn't get the grades I needed. And I was all set to go off to Leeds and do a degree there. And I'd sent them a deposit. And it was only a phone call from Aberystwyth University that said, oh, you can come after all, that made me change my mind, brought me to Aberystwyth. I arrived here as a Christian. And I remember arriving in, in the Hall of Residence, saying goodbye to my parents who'd come on the train. They'd gone off to get their train. And I knelt down by my bed and said, God, I'm giving you these next three years. I want you to lead me, guide me here while my time at university. I want to bring glory to your name while I'm here in Aberystwyth. And there was a, as soon as I finished praying, there was a knock at the door. And it was Aberystwyth Christian Union. What a great bunch of people they are. And they knocked on the door and said, would you like to come to church with us? And I said, yes, please, that'd be really good. I'm a Christian. I, I go to church. Which church will you be taking me to? And they said, we're going to St. Michael's. It's an Anglican church. And I remember saying to them, too, well, I'm not an Anglican, so I, I think I'll find another church. Thank you very much. I was planning to go to the Baptist, maybe, or the Brethren. I'd come from a Brethren church. I wanted a proper church, and I thought, I'm not going to an Anglican church. Thank you very much. And they said, oh, just come in the morning. You can go somewhere else in the evening. So I was brought here uh, to St. Michael's on that Sunday morning a few years, just a few years ago. Um, and I settled. This became my church. And I was here for three years, and I was looking then when I come to the end of uh, my degree looking to go back to the Midlands. I was applying for jobs across the country um, and something happened as things happened to be. The church here were looking for a church administrator uh, to fill uh, the role of somebody who was leaving and as they'd done, as they did in, the, in those days, uh, they'd looked through a list of all of the third year girl students who were graduating that summer and offered the job to them one by one uh, and they'd all turned it down. At the same time, I was doing one of my last modules in librarianship, which involved writing a computer program to index a book. And it's a little simple bit of software um, to take a book and to produce an index, referencing all the page numbers. I thought this would be useful to do. I, I did a little bit of software. And I thought what I would do, I would produce an index to the St. Michael's songbook. Coming here, had a lovely songbook that was produced by the church themselves, but it didn't have an index to the back. So I thought, I'll use my computer program here to write an index to it. So I wrote this little program, and I produced the index, the songbook, and I remember po posting it through the rectory door and saying, here, this is my uh, module work for, for librarianship. I passed this module by doing this program, but you might as well have the output, which is an index, and you can print it, and it can appear in your book. And of course, that gave them the idea, aha, we could have him as our church administrator. So I was offered a role as administrator here for initially for two years. I said I'd do three and end up staying for eight. Wow, God uh, does these things. While I was here, I learned Welsh. I learned lots of things all about this church and this parish and all was going on here. I even got a chance to preach uh, the Archbishop of Wales. Andy John was the uh, vicar he locally here. He's going on holiday and he said, Mark, can you take services for me while I'm gone? So I said, yeah, I'll go on then, I'll have a go. I did the first one. I thought this was good fun and I enjoyed it. He asked me a couple of months later to do another one, and it was a disaster. And I said, right, that's it. Never preaching again. Won't stand in front of a church. Not for me. Not for me. And I turned my back on all of that sort of thing again. Went off, trained to be a teacher, learned about teaching and communication. Went off to be a head teacher. Um, had lots of fun as a head teacher for eight years, but could never really see myself as a vicar. See, God still had lots of work to do in me, to lead me and guide me. At the time, there was a severe shortage of clergy. There still is. Maybe you should be praying about that. I got roped into being part of a, a ministry team in a, a rural parish. 
And I remember I had to go online and buy myself some vicar clothes. You know the sort of weird stuff that vicars often wear? Uh, not here, right, thank goodness. But um, in many of the churches, I have to wear all that. And I had to go online and to buy the vicar clothes to dress up as a vicar, uh, even though I wasn't one, and to go out to the churches and take services there. And I remember standing in the sunshine uh, in a rural church out in Keridigon after the service, dressed up like a vicar, shaking everyone's hand as they'd been to the, to the service. And I remember thinking... God, you know what? I don't think I'd be a very good vicar, but I think it'd be better than these people having no one at all as their vicar. There was such a shortage of clergy. So I started praying again about being a vicar. I had messages from others who didn't know what I was praying about, who confirmed the call. Lots of other things happened. Trained, ordained, got sent back to Aberystwyth, and now I know I'm where God wants me to be. I'm not sure if this is forever. Who knows? But certainly for now, I'm in the right place. And when I think about that, firstly, that's comforting. If you know you're in the right place now with God and you're where God wants you to be, that in one sense is comforting. I'm where God wants me. But secondly, thinking about it, it's actually quite scary. God wants me here. He has work for me to do. That means there's no escape no plans of retiring or running off and getting a different job. No running away like Jonah, who went in the opposite direction. If God has called me here, then he's got work for me to do. And he's got work for you to do. Wherever you are in your life, whatever stage you're at, where does God want you? You know, at the moment, it's probably right here. Which means that he wants you working for him. Are you ready? Ready to serve? Are you ready to answer that call that God's placed on your life to be a witness for him? Maybe in the university, in your school, in your workplace, in your neighbourhood, to serve in the church here. What is God calling you to do while you're here? This calling, this vocation, we're all called. There's some general things we've talked about that we're all called to do and to be. But maybe just as I've been sharing some of my life, maybe you've been challenged about yours. Maybe God's challenged you about something. Maybe you've had that sense of a calling to go, to go and do something. Or maybe a call, revised call to stay. Maybe like me, you know you're in the right place. You've got to endure, you've got to persevere, you've got to stay and glorify God here. What is it that God is calling you to? I opened him working through you in wherever you are at the moment. If you want help discerning God's call for you, if you want to know, you get people to pray for you and to think through this, and our prayer ministry team will be around in the side chapel at the end of the service and they'd love to pray with you and talk with you. Do make use of them. Well, this is challenging. God is calling us all to serve him. And that will look very different. As many people as there are here today, there'll be as many ways that God is calling you to serve. But will you answer his call? So as we think through this, I'm just going to pray for you, and I'm going to pray the prayer that Paul used here, because uh, it's just fantastic, isn't it? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen.